Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are live with our first edition of the Front Office Podcast. We're joined with my guy, CJ Nobile, and a new member of the Front Office, Connor Maley. Connor, thanks for joining us today, buddy. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. CJ, um, you know, we kind of touched upon it on camera, you know. We had to bring some balance to the front office. You know, you're very, very biased at Seton yeah. Hall. And uh, we had to add a, a Rutgers voice. So what right. are your thoughts on that? I mean, this country is predicated on checks and balances. So why shouldn't this podcast, you know? I understand. Yeah. Connor, what's it like to, to join us? And are you excited? And what kind? Of, what are your thoughts kind of going against the, a guy like CJ Nobile, who now has this rapid fan base? Yeah, so uh, CJ's not really threatening in his own right, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know, I think it's, I think it's good to be on the podcast. Um, obviously, a lot of the following is is mostly Jersey people. Um, a lot of Seton Hall, I would say, it's, it swings that way. So I think it's um, only right to have some Rutgers, um, some Rutgers commentary, and, and try to try to get rid of some of that bias. And you know, um, I support the Seton Hall program whenever they're not playing Rutgers because it looks better for our net ranking. But other than that, um, I bleed scarlet. So. You bleed Scarlet. Can you give the people a little bit of background of, you know, you have a brother that went to Seton Hall and you had a sister that went to Rutgers and then a sister that went to Seton Hall. Like that's, that's pretty nuts. Like yeah, give so, some people, people some background on that. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was me and my one sister went to Rutgers and my brother and my other sister went to Seton Hall. So it's always been a nice, uh, friendly rivalry. Um, my sisters don't really care about the sports aspect that much. So, um, mostly my brother and I, and we go back and forth a lot. Um, and he actually hates Rutgers with a passion more than I hate Seton Hall. Um, and we'll get him on the pod eventually, and he'll give his takes. But, um, but no, it's been fun. Um, I think just being in Jersey, it's a fun rivalry now, especially that both teams are good. And um, everyone knows somebody went to Seton Hall, and everyone knows somebody went to Rutgers. So it makes things interesting. So, you know, with you guys knowing that now, it's a no-brainer bringing Connor on, obviously, with, with that information. So, all right, guys. Uh, you guys would talk about Rutgers and Scene Hall probably for the whole podcast, if we're being honest, right? So I'm going to yes. limit. I'm going to – I might even time you guys. I'm going to give you one minute each to talk about Scene Hall and Rutgers, and then we're going to move on. Maybe we mention them, like, a little bit. But just, just, give us, just give us your one-minute rundown. On Scene Hall, Rutgers, CJ, start with Scene Hall. The chiropractors made some good adjustments. Um, we're without Bryce Aiken, our starting point guard going into the season. Sanders looked like a first-team All-American player. Shavar Reynolds is molded out into a great Big East point guard, which is like, you know, hats off to Kevin, hats off to Shavar. Um, and you have everyone else, you know, Ike Biage who's been looking more fluent with the basketball. His hand-eye coordination has gotten better from last year. Definitely couldn't get worse. And Tack Molson, Miles Kale, you know, the rest of the pieces are starting to fit in. So we're getting there. Connor. Yeah, so I think it's no secret what Steve Pleikel has brought to Rutgers. When you look at his time at Stony Brook, um, he's a program builder and himself, pounding nails all the time. Um, he recruited a couple kids early, and he's a great developer, um, similar to Kevin Willard. Um, and, you know, Rod Hopper's playing at an all Big Ten player, a wooden player level. Um, Geo Baker's back, recovering from that high ankle sprain. Jacob Young is on fire. Montez Mathis on fire. Cliff's dunking every ball in sight. Miles Johnson's grabbing every board. There really are no weaknesses to this team. Um, so it's been an exciting year so far. I know last year we, we kind of made a name for ourselves nationally, and, and this year we're hunted, and, and we're solidifying that. I remember asking you, um, you know, seeing Hall Rutgers right now. I think you said Rutgers wins by eight. I think that's what you said. What, what's Am I am I right in that, or, or what's, what's, what's the update on that? Uh, no, no, I think we'd probably win by like 16 to wow. 18. At in the point. Trapezoid? Wow. 
If there were fans at the rack, but there's not. Be twenty like last CJ, year. CJ, what is it? It's not the trapezoid. It's just the trapezoid. It's just the trapezoid. It's just the trapezoid. It's not the trapezoid terror. It's just the trapezoid. You know that, right? The fans. I mean, Seahaw has won there in the last two times they've taken the trip. So until they win, then you can't really call otherwise. There you go. All right. CJ, what's your what's your score prediction if the game were to happen this year? With Bryce Aiken in the lineup, I think we win by four. Wow, there's a huge difference. You said sixteen. And four. 20-point swing. I think we won by four. We got Brett, dude. What happened last year? Uh, Last year, the season got canceled because of COVID. I don't really recall. Okay. All right. I just remember the Big East championship. Um, All right. Kind of, you know, looking looking on, you know, at basketball, uh, college basketball, um, outside of Rutgers, Seton Hall, um, seems like it's just the Big Ten and the Big 12 and then everyone else. Right, I mean, just look at the Big Ten. What you have six teams like that you could make an argument could win the league down the line. Obviously, Iowa is Iowa, but like, like in the Big Twelves, stacked too. I feel like not enough people are talking about them with West Virginia, Kansas. I mean, we can go on and on. Um, I guess, kind of, what are you guys' thoughts on that? And seven of the top twenty-five teams in seven of the top twenty-five teams are from the Big Ten, which is absolutely insane. Right, they're loaded. Yeah, I mean, you have four teams that could legitimately make the Final Four in there: Wisconsin, um, Iowa. Yep. Who am I missing? <laughs> Iowa, uh, Wisconsin. Um, I mean, Connor. Connor's literally captain Big Ten. So. Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. yeah, Michigan State. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, pick your poison. Pick your poison, basically. Um, and then you know, Big Twelve: West Virginia, Kansas. Um, right. You know, yeah. Down, I mean, uh, Baylor is phenomenal Baylor's every really year. Don't really do enough credit nationally, in my opinion. I mean, but the Big Ten, middle of the pack teams like Rutgers, like there's Michigan, like a like Michigan and any other conference, the ACC would yeah. probably be first or second, like any other conference. Yeah. It just shows how loaded the Big Ten is this year. And not not really biased aside, I don't think I think Rutgers is is not middle of the pack. I think they're they're higher than that. But I do agree with your point that you know teams like Michigan and Ohio State. Um, Indiana, even those those middle of the pack teams can win on any given night. Yeah, dude, Luca Garza. I feel like everybody was all oh, like during the UNC game. Everyone's like, oh, like you know, last show player of the year. I don't know about that. You know, he scored. He had like just an okay game. What was it? The next game or maybe the game after scores twenty five points straight. Just right. like basically telling everyone like, hey, I am I am that guy. Basically, I think he- and and you you have two national player of the year candidates in the same conference. I mean, like. This is the Big Ten we're talking. Usually, that's right. like the ACC or maybe sometimes the SEC. It's like the Big Ten is just different this year, man. It's just nuts. Like, yeah. In terms of guards, I'll even make a football analogy. He reminds me a lot of Derrick Henry in the sense, even when he's not producing, you have to game plan for him, which frees up so many more options. Yeah. Like, all right, you hold guards at eighteen. That's because you were doubling him in the post every time he faced up. You were collapsing on him, and you free up shots for guys like Bohannon, McCaffrey, like. You know, so even if he's not producing, I mean, he's making the team so much better because you have to give so much attention to him. Yeah, no, I think he's a really intriguing player. And I remember at the end of last season, CJ and I were talking about, you know, whether he's going to come back to Iowa, whether he should, whether he go to the to the NBA draft and try that route. And, and I remember making a point that I don't really see a way that Luka Garza get any better. Right. Um, I, I believe that he should have won um, Player of the Year over Obi, and there's always an argument to be made there. But I didn't really see how he could get any better scoring rise. Um, but, yeah, you know, this season he's kind of proven that he is better. And um, I think the move played well for him, and it's gonna be interesting to see where he ends up because um, a guy can score at will like that, and, and I think he's got some pro- uh, professional potential. Uh, I'm surprised the comparison hasn't been made more, but like him and Tyler Hansbrough, are like not similar types of players, but in a similar in a similar MT, boat. Baby, you know they're in a similar boat. It's like 
dominated at the college level, proven winners, but how does their game translate to the NBA? Right. I think that's like just the biggest question with him. I'm going to go a little off the rails here. It's still somewhat related because it's Big Ten, but Illinois point guard Poppy Curbelo. Andre Curbelo, I call him Poppy. All my roommates are obsessed with him. We literally want to build like a, a Poppy Curbelo shrine in here. Like Rightfully we, so. I want to start. Like I'm a scout, so this is a little problematic. But I want to start the Poppy Curbelo fan club. I'm sorry, it's just Man. what it is. Like, dude, you watch, you watch Poppy Curbelo. It's like I, I'm, you watch him. You're like, how the hell? Like I don't know. Like how does he pull off half the stuff he does on the court? He's literally a magician out there. Dude. Average like, build, yeah. Average athleticism, it's and he's just an unbelievable basketball player. So if anybody's listening to this, his head isn't above the rim. Like he's no. just a great basketball player, though. Super crafty out there. If anybody's listening to this, just try. I don't know. Like start the Poppy Cabello fan club, and me, CJ, and Connor will all join, and we'll we're, we'll be a big part of it. We'll sponsor yeah. it, honestly. Just make it happen. He's overshined by Adam Scott, but I mean, this dude is like a top Miller, ten Adam Miller, country. yeah, Adam Miller, whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. and no, going thing. back to Adam Scott's, Adam, Adam Scott's an actor. Bro. That's, that's <laughs> why I came on because CJ couldn't handle right. Yeah. Couldn't handle it by himself. Back so. check. I think. Uh, I think going back to Curbelo and Miller, I think they came into really good positions on that Illinois team. Obviously, they're they're led by their veteran Iowa Dasunmu and. Kofi's back for his second year, and they have guys like Trent Frazier, who does not get enough credit nationally. Dude, he's um, good. Yeah, same thing with um, Giorgio. So I think that those guys really came into a great position where they're not asked to be, you know, the guy or the number two or even the number three. Um, but that's really helped the Illinois team as a program to, to get some of these wins. All right, another ridiculous question for you guys. Uh, me and my roommate Pete, we were watching uh, the whole the Maui uh, Invitational. That wasn't in Maui this year; it was in Asheville. But um, and we were watching. Uh, a couple of the Bill Walton podca- uh, podcast broadcasts, <laughs> and obviously, like it, here, you're either Team Bill Walton or you're not Team Bill Walton. I am. I am Team Bill Walton. I can understand why somebody would not be Team Bill, Bill Walton. Like I can understand why it's like I want to watch the game. I actually want some real insight. I don't want to listen to Bill Walton basically sound like he's tripping off set. Like he tri- he look he sounds like he's tripping off trucks the whole time. It's an out of body experience. I. I was talking to Pete about it. He he made a good point. You should have the option to opt in or opt out of the Bill Wall uh, broadcast. Like, you should have that option. Like if like I would opt in because I think it's a roller coaster. You don't know where it's being. Who was the guy doing the Maui with? Because that guy's unbelievable. Uh, Joe Benintendi he's or something. Phen- he's, he's phenomenal. So good, dude. He's phenomenal. Dave Pash did it with him as well. Like, yeah. dude, they, the ESPN knows like. We got to pair him with the right guy, and we have to pair him with a guy that just has so much patience, dude. Right. You, the amount of patience you have to work with Bill Wallen, I, I can only imagine. So, like, I'm team opt-in. I'm curious what your opinions are, but I think that should be an option. Like, you have a real college basketball analyst on <laughs> yeah. the broadcast, or you just have, you know, the roller coaster that is Bill Wallen. I mean, it's just absolutely polarizing. I mean, you either love him or you hate him. I mean, personally, I'm a good multitasker, so I feel like I'm listening to someone talk about an autobiography as I'm watching a basketball game. So I personally enjoy it. But I mean, dude, like Caleb Love goes down and hits a three and he's talking about how he wants to collect Roy Williams dirt from his childhood home and add it to his collection. Like (laughs) It's like 60 to 60. Like, can we talk about the game a little bit? So uh, it's a little all over the place. Connor. All right. So there's like a few, there's a few, um, you know, broadcasters and and sports figures that I think are, national treasures um in a sense that like if they were like when they pass it's like gonna be a big loss and you're actually gonna feel it right and i think um the most obvious person that falls into that category is dick vital right um just his voice when you hear him call games it's just like you you can't stop watching right and then um, i hate dick vital i'll say it 
I hate them. Let them finish your thought. Okay. Let them finish your thought. So okay. I think they find house one of them, in my opinion, and everyone has their own opinions. I think Doc Emmerich, if you watch the NHL, yes. is um, probably one of the best um, play-by-play guys ever. And I also another guy who falls into that category is Vince Scully from the mm-hmm. Dodgers. Um, Say Bill so, Rafferty. Well, Bill Rafferty <laughs> too, right? Say Bill Rafferty. Let uh, all of Scarlet Nation know. Uh, Bill onions, Rafferty. baby. I think uh, Bill Wallen's fucking hilarious, <laughs> yeah. but I think it sucks when you're like watching your own team right if you're watching the game team. yeah and like he has no idea what he's talking about and listen we all want like when our teams are on national television like when the wall's making the call you want to hear like good things about them right that's like good exposure um especially for teams that aren't named duke unc um Dick teams, teams that can really use it right so i think bill walton sometimes goes off the rails i think it's also hilarious at the same time though i think it's kind of part of the fun of watching the game but uh, yeah, I can see your point. Like, I had nothing invested in the Maui invitation. Right. I'm just watching it, and you make a good point. It's like, I'm just watching it purely for entertainment purposes, and I'm just like, I was loving it the whole time. One of his quotes, I wrote it down. I think I tweeted from the front office was uh, on Garrison. He was talking to Garrison <laughs> Brooks's goggles, and he said, "No one has ever worn goggles. No one who has ever worn goggles has ever liked wearing them. Your eyes are more important. Your eyes are the light of the world." He, he said that just like randomly, just like just right. about Garrison Brooks goggles. Like. I'm sure in the midst of play, and like you said, like if you have nothing invested in the game now, if you're in the Nobile household watching Scene Hall Villanova, yeah, and Gillespie comes down and hits a three, and he's talking about Jay Wright's ancestry. Right. There might be a hole put in the wall. Like, you know, there's a TV mic, a chair mic up to the TV. Like, I love it. I love it. I, I, yeah. Do I, yeah. I, I get, I get both sides. Yes, I do, I do get, I, both I get both sides. sides. Um, another topic we were talking about before um, is, and I think it's becoming more and more of a topic as the season's being progressed. You're seeing more and more teams pausing their activities. Coaches are getting COVID. The UNLV coaches got COVID. Um, oh. It's becoming more of a topic. Um, is is it safe for teams to be playing right now? Um, should we be pausing the action? Should we be canceling it altogether? Um, you know, you obviously saw prior to the season, the Ivy League canceled. Um, I think it was winter sports. Um, so they canceled it. And, you know, if we trace it back to, to last March Madness, the Ivy League was the first one to cancel their tournament too. So they clearly know what the hell they're talking about. Um, so I guess questions to you guys what are, what are your opinions on that i personally think that might be best to pause things but i'm curious what you guys think yeah i, I think like looking back when um covid first came around in march and the ivy league was the first to cancel um mostly everything they got a lot of heat and a lot of shit for it but um looking back that was probably the right move and then we saw um the big 10 follow and then and then all the other conferences so um i think it was the right move back then i think it was the right move probably now um i do think i'm not going to say it's not safe to play or it is i do think that um, with the testing now, and listen, we're in a much better place than we were in March, no doubt about it. Um, with the amount of tests that we that we can perform on, on students, um, and it really comes down to player safety. And I know the Keontae Johnson um, situation on the court obviously is is close to our minds right now, and, and um, you know, say a prayer for him and his family. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks like he's on he's on the mend now. But I do think that it warrants it because listen, these guys aren't NBA players; they're not making millions of dollars. They're basically doing this for our entertainment. And I think it warrants a larger discussion at the national level. Um, I think it also comes down to the NCAA not really having control over all of the conferences and making sure that you know there's certain rules in place and that certain um, teams are aligned on things. I think it makes it more of a safety issue. Right, and you know I'm not I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm like you know I work for the CDC or I'm an expert in this field. But I like to start out. I think 
without being said, that the players' safety, the referees' safety, the coaches' safety is first and foremost the most important aspect of all of this. You know, you have to keep the players safe. Safety comes first. Now, also playing devil's advocate, the NCAA is a billion-dollar enterprise, and that's mm-hmm. no secret. So in their eyes, as long as everyone's safe, the show must go on. So, And honestly, I think they dug themselves a hole by starting. In Like, when you start, you got to finish, you know? Right. Like, if they pushed it back two, uh, two months, like um, uh, Slick Rick was saying, he said make it made madness, push everything back, and see, you know, with the vaccines and everything. Yep. But... I I think they're in an interesting spot, but you know, like I said, the NCAA is a business at the end of the day. They're a billion dollar enterprise. They can't afford to have two tournaments to cancel two tournaments two years in a row. So I think there's a lot if the safety is there, I think that they are going to continue to play. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how um the season moves forward. It seems like a lot of teams are um following the protocols, which is great. And I know the tournament is um, planning to be in a bubble type format, so that'll be good. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out. And like Coach K, you know, made the statement, um, you know, that he basically questioned how safe it is that we're that we're we're playing right now. Um, and then I think Nate Oates went after him. A couple other coaches went after, maybe not coaches, but just the media in general. Like here's here's my opinion on that. Like if you don't think Coach K, like Coach K and Duke, yeah, like they're struggling right now. They're gonna figure it out. They're gonna make the tournament. They'll get past this. But like if you think Coach K is saying this because he lost two couple games, I'm sorry. Like maybe you guys disagree with me, but I I think that's absolutely ridiculous. We made a joke about it on our Instagram story right. just to play to it. But like I think it's absolutely ridiculous if you really think just because Coach K. Of all people, the greatest college basketball coach, probably of all time, lost a couple games and now you know is 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 out here saying like, oh, you know, uh, let's pause things just because they lost. I, I think it's ridiculous. Now, but. however, on the contrary, I will say, after last season when March Madness did get canceled, there is on record you can look it up on the internet, Coach K saying the NCAA cannot yeah. afford to to cancel two consecutive tournaments. So yes, you know Duke haters, and there's I'm sure there's a ton out there saying, you know this is because they stink. If they start out six and zero, you know we're two and zero in the ACC. Like he would not be saying that. So I think there is an argument for both sides. Honestly, he did literally come out and say the NCAA needs to have a tournament next year. So I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think the two losses definitely played a part in that a little bit. Um, I, and he did he did preface that statement by saying that he's going to get a lot of heat for it. Um, listen, Coach K doesn't care what we think. He's going to say what he wants. Usually the time he's right. Um, I'm not saying he's wrong in the situation either. You know, I do think that um, whichever way it went, I, I would really support um, the players mostly in, in their decision because they're the ones making this decision. If the players don't want to play, they're not going to play. Um but it's interesting to see other coaches kind of come out and say something differently. And I know every team has different issues and situations going on behind closed doors that we don't really understand. I know we were talking uh, previously about Duke um, players staying in a hotel off campus. So you know, maybe they're not having the same campus life that other, other players and other teams are. Um, so I think it's really a situation basis. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting to see Coach K kind of come out and say that. And, and I love when Coach K gets a little bit of heat. <laughs> it's definitely interesting for sure. Uh, so that's, that's it for our college basketball portion. But we need to address 
um, you know, the elephant in the room. Uh, there's there's another podcast. There's another front office podcast that's being launched. It's called Banks Open. You know, they here, here's the thing. We're profe- Banks about to be closed. Banks about to be closed, and we're professionals over here, right? We what what do we do? We we give the people what they want. They want to hear about college basketball. We deliver. What do they do? In the first five minutes, they decide to trash us. They not only they 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 basically go after how professional we are. They go after our looks. They say, oh. Uh, they they said something along the lines of like oh we're the prettier podcast like what like what what are we what are we doing banks open why are we bringing that into the air and then you know if you want this rivalry I mean I, I, let's 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 be real they don't want the smoke if I'm if I'm being honest I mean uh, I'm no curious action. what you guys think but I think I think they they, they don't want this nope um, they want no action no action at all no action at all you know Vince Brandon and Tom if you're listening to this you've started a war. Yeah, I didn't know the circus was in town, honestly. Yeah, because it's in town once every week when they film. Connor, what's your message to them? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Um, so I know Vince and Brandon really well. And they're both great kids. Um, Tom's still a nice guy, but nice guy always finished last, right? Yeah. So I think... Um, and, and, and really a good point to this whole conversation is um, before the season started, Vince actually told me that, um, and this is this is word for word, that that Jared Roden is a better player than Ron Harper Jr., hands down. And, you know, I'd give kids the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe he wasn't watching the TV when, when Jared Roden was playing, or maybe, you know, he was doing something in the background. I was just listening. Who, who really knows? Maybe he was watching, like, Miles Powell. Was like, oh, that's Jared Roden. Maybe he had no clue who he was the whole season. But um, that's kind of what it sounded like. And, and obviously, if this season has shown you anything, is that um, Ron Harper wouldn't be, like, the eighth man on, on Rutgers' team. So that's how much Vince knows about basketball. But um, no, it's it's a friendly rivalry, I would say, to start it, and we'll see what happens. I'm not making any comments about anyone's looks on a podcast. Yeah, um, right. It's not really what, my what style. That, come on, like, what, why are you bringing looks to this? Banks open. Yeah, plus we got CG on our podcast, so you can't really beat that, right? <laughs> I mean, look at this guy. There's a reason why we have him on camera all the time. Listen, you know? man. What? <laughs> Two, three what tickets to the circus, please. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they don't. They yeah. I'll, I'll end it there. They they don't want the smoke. Another quick thing was a uh, pretty funny thing was the Conga Gillespie thing. Uh, I don't know. We put up like a, a post basically saying like players that if you feel like have been in college basketball for eight years. Obviously, Colin Gillespie Perry was else. one. Perry Ellis, exactly. It's the Theo Theo, Pin- uh, Theo Johnson. The, Theo Johnson. Theo Pinson. No, the guy in Marquette. Oh, Theo John, Theo John, Theo, Theo John, John. Yeah, 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 he's been there. Jordan Bohannon's another one. like you can. Uh, Brad Davison's a perfect one. Um, and Colin Gillespie posted. Colin Gillespie uh, responded to us and was like, "Yo, no, I'm like actually gonna be here for another year." And I was like, I laughed at it. I was like, "Oh, that's funny." He's like, "No, like I'm staying another year. The NCAA's allowed us to stay another year." Yeah, that's a little like insider. Too. I know we posted that. Like, yeah. dude, honestly, did we just break that news? Like, if it's coming from a scene hall fan, dude, Colin's the man. Like, he, he he he's a big fan of the show. He, loves he always gives us support. Bro. He always yeah. responds. He's a great guy. When uh, when Jeff Goodman tweets that out in the end of the season in like April, I heard it here first. Beat, I, I think he should he should source the front office. Um, what are your what are your what are your media thoughts of of your first front office project? What do you what do you think this has gone so far, Connor? What yeah, so I, I did a, a short video. Um, couple weeks back they got a lot of love and, and i really dug deep into the scene hall fans hearts um got a lot of <laughs> dirty say? messages say it, just say it. the rest just, of my house just say everything you said <laughs> um 
Yeah, so I, I basically said the truth, you know, right? I said that um, Steen Hall's pulled an all-time duck job on us, <laughs> which is true. You know, there was an article in NJ.com titled oh, an saw. article, Steen Hall, is, is Steen Hall ducking Rutgers? Oh, I, I saw so it. Ridiculous. It's, it's, it's like they went in a group Politi, chat. So, listen, listen. Politi is like very, very, very slanted. Listen, when you but schedule, <laughs> especially in the COVID era, right, when, when travel and all that is, is really ill-advised, and you schedule a game against Oregon um, across the country on like a Wednesday night, and you lose too, but you still sell to that game, and you have Rutgers, which is right up the turnpike, twenty minute drive, right down the turnpike, twenty minute drive. I think that kind of shows that um, there's a little duck work going CJ, on. CJ, defend your guys right now, dude. You can't just let this guy just. We have other interests. I mean, Rutgers was on like Rutgers was on the back of our agenda. If we get to him, we can pencil him in. If not, best of season. Best of season. Best of luck. Yeah, of- I also, I mean, listen, we got Cliff, who Sandro literally has nightmares of. Um, Sandro so might think- not. You see, that was funny. Like, I thought that was great content. You know, I'm a content guy first, and that's great content. Love it. But I don't I don't know how true that is, because Sandro's playing like an NBA player out yeah, there right now. and nine in the Big East opener. I like, I don't know if he's having nightmares. A 6-11 I, I love Who Cliff. they playing their Big East opener? St. John's. <laughs> That tells, six, that tells you all ser- you need to know. I'm, seriously, though, a 6'11 man should not be able to put the ball on the deck, Sandra glide like that, shoot the three, and slat. He, that is an, you know, you know, that's NBA. That's literally NBA. Two caliber. guys that look like NBA players right now, if I can you know, bring you guys Sa- together. Sandro, 100%. San- Sandro, and then Ron Harper. Ron Harper looks like an NBA player. Guys are looking like NBA players right But Sandro now. looks like a legitimate first-round pick. A 6'11 guy should not put, on, put the ball on the deck like that. Bring it up in transition and bang he's it. Gotta prove it. He's got to prove it. It's a little early. We got to see how he does in Biggie's play when he plays the Marquettes. Right. The the Villanova. But his skill set screams NBA. A 6'11 Dude, he's, he's transitional right? forward. He looks unbelievable out there. Unbelievable. And he kills it on TikTok, apparently. Apparently, he's an unbelievable. Well, maybe Miles Kale should stop doing the TikToks. Listen, Sandro still needs to keep hitting the threes. Um, that's what the NBA is moving towards with big man. If you can't hit the three, then you really don't have a spot. So Useless. So we'll see what happens with that. Our goal was to bring some balance here. Do you think you did that, Connor? I think I had CJ on a shorter leash than I have my dog on usually. But, <laughs> okay. um, but no, I, I think it was good. And I, I think um, we had a lot of fun, and I, I think we made some good points. And um, yeah, but the way this season progresses, I think there's going to be a lot more points to be made. And I think um, we'll have to keep CJ in line. So. All right, guys. Well, if you're listening to this, um, make sure to subscribe. This should be on all platforms, I believe. Like... Um, I don't really listen to podcasts, so I don't know what the deal is. But do whatever normal you knew with normal podcasts. That should be great. And, uh, yeah, that's the sign-off. Any last words, guys? Or No, I would say one thing maybe to do is um, reach out to us on the front office account. And yep. if there's any topics you'd like us to discuss, I think um, it's a great idea. let us know and we'll dive into them. We're, uh, we're, we're all years. Um, we're going to try and do some video content as well, do some fun stuff. And, yeah, you know, probably start doing these once a week. Um, about to drop some merch, so we'll be on the look for that. Um, and, yeah, this, uh, this Connor versus CJ rivalry is about to, uh, we're about to, to go get, sell this in the parking lot. <laughs> it's about to get pretty crazy. So. Put out on that video later <laughs> tonight. There you go. All right, guys, appreciate you tuning in.